0: the Cabinet meeting. Delighted to be back in uh, Great Dunmo for this meeting and um, welcome all those that are here. Right, Right. starting with apologies for absence and declarations of interest. We have apologies from Councillor Lodge and his deputy was due to be Councillor Light. but We've also had apologies from Councillor Light. We've had apologies from Councillor Dean. Um, Anything else, Alistair? Anyone else? Okay. Uh, declarations of interest. Uh,
1: could I declare an interest, Chairman, in item 10, the write-off, so as part of that write-off is applicable in my role as city councillor.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, councillor Redfern. If I could
2: um, declare an interest in agenda item 14, as my house is listed on the assets of local heritage list.
0: Okay. Um, Item three questions or statements from non executive members of the council? There are none then. Okay, matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee or by the council?
1: Chairman, could I just raise there the fact that we did um, agree a motion at council which was to look at this council's reduction um, in single use plastic containers and similar from um, the the Liberal Democrats and we did agree that motion and I have asked for a meeting of the Waste Strategy Group to be convened to look at that um, along with the Waste Education Programme.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Um, Minutes of the previous meeting uh, are they a true record? Yes? Yes. Yes, Okay, thank you very much. They will be duly signed. Um, Consideration of reports from Overview and Scrutiny Committees um, I don't think there is anything tonight. Thank you. Item 6, the Refugee Working Group. I don't think if there's anything you wish to say, <laughs> Councillor Redfern.
2: Um, yes, there is. Um, following on from my comments at the last meeting, um, we, ha- we do have a third family um, arriving. Um, it's uh, two parents and a 17 17-year-old 17 year and an 18-year-old boy and girl, and we are expecting that they will... Um, be here sometime in mid-November but as normal we're providing the housing and the Essex County Council will provide all the other services associated with that and um, they are going to be quite close to the other families that we've got here so um, I think that will be good for them
0: Thank you very much I think that's uh, that's very good news Um, Item 7 Report of delegated decisions taken by Cabinet members Are there any? Thank you very much. Um, Reports on Assets of Community Value determined by the ACV Committee. You have another meeting, I think, coming up shortly. Okay, thank you. So that takes us to Item 9, which is uh, (coughs) 2018-19 Budget Monitoring Quarter 1 Forecast outturn. Councillor Howell.
3: Thank you, Leader, colleagues. This is my regular quarterly report. This is the first quarter through to June 18, and it deals with the general fund, the housing revenue account, the capital program, and the treasury management. Uh, It's based on actual expenditure, and it includes a forecast for the end of the year 1819. I can talk in great detail to the contents. I would, however, refer you to the recommendation. Yes, people don't, don't seem quite as enthusiastic as I thought they would be. Well, I will talk in great detail then. Uh, the recommendation is that the Cabinet is recommended to note and approve the Act Turn forecast and the updated reserves position. I need to thank, as always, Mr Webb's team, Angela Knight, Mrs Knight, who's not here tonight to answer the difficult questions. Um, puts an awful lot of work, as do her team, into this, and I think we get a very good view of the financial performance of the Council. It's a very helpful exercise for us to be able to forecast and see where we are for the remainder of the year. Um, I'm pleased to be able to say that the General Fund is forecasting an underspend of 480 6000 pounds However, I would caution this is only quarter one. We have plenty of room or space in front of us the remainder of the year. But it's a, a significant difference from where we were a couple of years ago at quarter one. So I'm very pleased to see that. Uh, the housing revenue account is forecasting a net operating surplus of £6,000, quite a small amount. And I need to probably talk about the capital programme because there's a, a forecast underspend of £4.76 million. That is quite a significant number but it's primarily down to one single item which is the waste depot. It includes slippages brought forward from 2017-18 and then slippages going forward into 18-19. So the actual underspend under our capital programme is actually only £380,000. Turning over the page to page 10, I need probably to refer you to Appendix A for a detailed breakdown of each of the, the, the budget by portfolio. Um, the current uh, budget shows an increase of 3.32 million pounds, and this relates to the revenue financing of capital programs that were not completed in 1718 18 and have been carried forward into 1819. 19 um, 13 talks in more detail about the slippages, and in particular, those that relate to the new depot sites. Um, and then the balancing amount of the £319,000 are set out on 13. There's a very good new innovation under 14 on the bottom of page 11 which shows the savings and additional income by portfolio during the course of the year and then an indication of the uh, increased costs Uh, and then the total net variance and an indication of whether these are in-year or ongoing. And this is a a useful exercise, and I commend officers again for the diligence in which they seek to make appropriate savings within the organisation and run the organisation more efficiently, while at the same time recognising we we obviously invest as required in the services that we deliver. Um, All the variances have been analysed by individual service areas, and these are detailed in Appendix B on pages 20 to 22. As always under 18 at the bottom of page 12 we list the high risk areas outside the control of the council which are deemed to have the potential to materially affect and materially affect our year-end financial position Um, and I'd ask you to read those and bear those in mind as the year progresses. Uh, top of page 13 we talk about our reserves position those are set out in more detail on page 23 but under 19 the balance of all reserves at the 1st of april 2018 was 14.96 million there's going to be a predicted net drawdown in the year of 2.144 million and that leaves an estimated year-end balance of 12.819 million um, as I say, the, the complete reserves position is set out in Appendix C. Um, there are details under 20 of the usable reserves, and I need to remind you that there are reserves fit into different buckets, into different titles, but the usable reserves are 9.3 million, uh, and there's a, predict, a predicted net drawdown of 1.475 million. Uh, There's, as always, a very useful summary of where we are under the housing revenue accounts, under 23. A useful summary, and I probably need to refer you to Appendix D on page 24 for the more detailed breakdown. Capital programme is set out Uh, under 27 to 29. The detailed appendices that you need to refer to there are in Appendix E on pages 25 to 26 and there's also a summary of the current section 106 balances on page 27. As always a very interesting report on our treasury management which is set out in Appendix F on pages 28 to 29. Uh, and a reference to the increase in interest rates announced by, or base rates announced by the Bank of England, uh, and the indications are that this is unlikely to have uh, any significant impact on our costs of borrowing or the returns on our investments. So taking you back then to seven, the recommendation is that Cabinet is recommended to note and approve the outturn forecasts and the updated reserves
0: position. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Howell. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Any comments? You're quite content with our reserve position, position uh, on reserves? I, I, I am
3: very happy. I'm happy to refer you to, in detail to the, the contents of that, which, having said where I, I know where it is, I now can't find it. <laughs> um, help me out here, chaps. Uh, let's go back to it quickly again in the text. Uh, our reserves position is set out in Appendix E. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a very useful uh, summary of where we are with our reserves. And yes, I'm more than happy with those. Thank you. Good.
0: No other questions? Uh, those in favour of the recommendation, which has been read out?
4: <coughs>
0: Unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Item 10, uh, still, Councillor Howell, uh, Officer of Decisions Write Offs.
3: Thank you, Leader, Councillors, colleagues. Um, This report details officers' decisions uh, under delegated powers to authorise the write-off in line with the Constitution of the Council and our financial regulations, and you'll recall that a report was presented to Cabinet on the 30th of November. It was approved by members and it gave delegated authority to the Chief Financial Officer, the Section 151 officer, to authorise write-offs under £10,000. Any amounts above this would still be subject to Cabinet approval. This is the regular report that is presented to Cabinet detailing the write-offs that relate to business rates, council tax, housing benefit, housing rent and also various sundry debtors. I need to um, report to you that in the course of seventeen eighteen, 18 uh, officers took the decision to write off uh, a total of £254,884 pounds Uh, £284,884, of which £121,010 had a direct financial impact on the Council. Um, What I do need to emphasise is that all the amounts written off have been through the Council's rescue uh, recovery process, and they've proved to be either... Unrecoverable or uneconomic to pursue any further. It is, however, the Council's policy that if any circumstances should occur, which, in, which gives us uh, reason to believe that we can recover any amounts that have been written off, uh, we will pursue those debts um, as appropriate. Um, The recommendation is that Cabinet is recommended to note the contents of the report. I do need to draw your attention to the summary under uh, 8 and 10, which gives a breakdown of the amounts involved, the average amounts, how they specifically refer to... Attesford, for example, benefits we bear 100% of the cost if there is a write-off. Business rates 40%, council tax 9%. And I think I need to also emphasise that the main reasons that we are required to write off debts are such uh, such events as bankruptcy, either in personal. Businesses, companies put into administration and liquidation, independent voluntary arrangements, um, and on occasions when it's uneconomic to uh, continue to try and recover the amounts owed. Um, I should also point out the policy that we and the support that we have in place to support residents who are vulnerable on low income, who have problems with meeting their debts, and the, we offer early intervention support. Um, and prior to writing off any debt officers will explore all avenues available to maximise the recovery and there's a clear process that is put in place for us uh, to recover amounts, whether it be council tax, business rates, rent arrears. Uh, The recovery of housing benefit overpayments is set out under Appendix A on page 34 and there are very useful links to the recovery processes for the other three items set out on page 33. So therefore the recommendation I move is that we uh, recommend to the Cabinet is recommended to so note the contents of this report.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Parker. <coughs> no,
1: just happy to second, Chairman.
0: Uh, happy to second, good. Um, Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. It's
5: just an observation um, perhaps Councillor Howes can help me with. Um, at Children and Families meeting last week, we touched upon or we discussed the impact of um, the Universal Bene- credit. Thank you. The universal credit benefit coming in. And uh, the fact I mentioned that we had a hardship fund, which Councillor Howells just mentioned in passing. So um, I wonder if there is any um, figures that he can make available as to whether or not we're having to use the hardship fund to cover any um, excessive problems due to that universal credit.
3: I answered a question on the introduction of Universal Credit at Council uh, and emphasised that we have put in in additional officer's resource to assist and support in the rollout of uh, Universal Credit. I'm not close enough to the the details of the hardship fund. I might have to refer you there to to Mr Webb to give answers on that, but certainly we can come back to to Councillor Ranger with specific details if that's helpful.
6: Yes, I I think that would be the best thing because obviously the hardship fund doesn't just deal with universal credit, it can deal with other things. But you members may well have seen the announcement today that it's likely that universal credit will be pushed back again um, to enable uh, anomalies to be fixed.
0: So I've got a couple of questions myself. Um, In terms of 121,000. The context of that over the last five years. I don't expect sort of complete answers tonight, but it'd be interesting to see whether this is a consistent sort of sum, whether it's higher than previous years. I was trying to re- remember the previous figures. Actually, my second point is it refers in the report to going back to 2014, and I just wondered whether you've had a sort of a, a deeper. Um, sort out this time than you may have done in the past and you raised the point about and of course we will continue to try and recover the debts and I just wondered actually whether we ever do having written the, the, them off. Uh,
6: we'll, we'll certainly get the figures for the f- last few years. Uh, we do recover and write back on debts when, and we have done um, and, I th- and I think as well something that we'll look to include in the future Report in front of you is the actual amount of each of these yeah. funds that we collect. Because you know, um, council tax is about six and a half million pound with a write-off of 107,000 that relates to old debt as well as current debt. So mm. it you know it's a lot of money and business rates is 40 plus million we collect mm. with a write-off of about 60,000. Mm. So in in the scale of things, the team do a fantastic job. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So,
0: uh, you've had the recommendation, it's been seconded, those in favour? It's just to note the contents, uh, unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Item 11, which I had, and I have again, um, is mandatory licensing of houses in multiple occupation, HMOs, adoption of the Essex Immunity Standards. Councillor Barker.
1: Thank you Chairman. Um, A long title for quite a long paper actually. Um, It's a very simple recommendation we have to approve the standards set out in Appendix 1. Um, I have to thank the officers of this council and others across Essex who have come up with these standards. Um, There have been a few tweaks from the national standards. Um, The paper covers minimum requirements for kitchens, bedrooms, living rooms, bathrooms, spaces, window openings, door locks, number of sockets and a multiple of other things. It's all very detailed in Appendix 1. I think the thing that we need to consider in this is that this gives us a regime for when we inspect the housing multiple occupation which now need to be licensed, so it gives a a baseline, if you like, for us to work from to make sure that um, landlords and the tenants are complying with this, that waste is suitably dealt with, the number of sockets, that it's safe, that individual units have got door locks that could be opened from the inside in case of fire, and that there are suitable precautions in place but I think I would stress if you look at some of the detail of the paper um, <laughs> I, I find it very difficult to sort of be saying that you know a bedroom has to be more than 5.4 meters squared or whatever the paper says because actually that's a really small bedroom um, I know we can't go under that even the kitchen sizes are very small I appreciate this is national guidance but I'd like to stress that you know it is very much a minimum and I think where you know where we're getting close to the minimum we should be looking at you know those instances very carefully but appendix one does set out all these details in in great detail chairman and the intention is that this is adopted and I think reviewed every three years was that the intention? Uh, we can, uh, I'm not sure there is a
7: schedule for review. No. But, uh, we
1: can put it on the agenda for a part of the group. Yeah. Okay. Well, any technical questions? I have the officers here, Chair, but otherwise the recommendation is to prove the appendices are set out as the requirements for HMOs.
0: Thank you. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern Redford wishes to raise a point.
2: Um, I, I expect it's probably uh, Marcus that I'm asking, but it says that we've had a really low response from the council. But that does seem to be, as it says here, typical across the um, Essex authorities. So, um, did, so, presumably, they didn't respond to the consultation, but now they're all going to get a visit um, to check them out for licensing purposes, I assume. Yeah,
0: well, we... so, sorry, Marcus, you may want to come to a microphone so that our listeners can hear.
7: Hello. Um, Yes, we we contacted, I think we've got about 350 registered landlords on our system. We contacted all of those. We we went through the consultation process. All our partners throughout all Essex have, uh, in the last few months, have repeated the similar exercise. Um, And that's with also letting agents as well. Um, The response was very low. Uh, A number of Essex authorities didn't receive any responses at all. and for those uh, that did come in, there wasn't really much of any substance to, uh, that, that came forward from that. Um, in respect of uh, how they're going to be received, I don't think any of these are unreasonable. And uh, we will be rolling them out and officers will be aware of them as they're going and visiting uh, the
0: HMOs. Councillor Redfern.
2: So, you say we've got about 350 in the district.
7: Uh, sorry, no. We've got about 350 registered landlords that we know that uh, not, about. And, uh, the, numbers. Numbers. and the, statistics, statistics the difference between occupation uh, and the that I've subject to new that's coming.
0: Thank you very much. Any other questions? Uh, no, I, w- I would yep. say,
1: Chairman, that I think it's very important if um, I, I, I know within um, my ward that I'm not aware of any HMOs, but certainly within my division I am. And I think uh, you know, members are quite a source of information. If, if you know, in some ways, if you could circulate, a member, where you think HMOs are, and if we think there are others, then you know, members are out there on yeah. the ground. I think it might be a useful thing to do.
7: Yeah, thank you. We've, we've, we've talked about that. I, we, yeah. I will send it out to members to encourage them to feed information into our yeah. office. Yeah, thank you. Because
1: yeah. you know, it's for the benefit of the residents living there. We want the, the accommodation to not. be good. Thank you. So I'd like to move the recommendation, chairman.
0: Good. Thank you. Those in favour. Unanimous, thank you very much. Uh, item 12, review of licensing fees um, for animal related licensing.
1: Thank you, Chairman. Um, there's been a lot of new regulation in this area and um, Mr Watts again has has been working on this and bringing together a number of pieces of legislation and is proposing a new schedule of fees. It's one of these things like, all licensing things. We can't make a profit out of it, but we can charge a reasonable level in order to recover our costs. So work has been done on the the approximate costs and the prices as proposed in Appendix A um, are being proposed. You'll see at paragraph 16 that we're not looking at an enormous number of of different places throughout Essex that need to be registered. But they do now need to be registered. Um, they'll get a uh, you know, a, um, a rating like the um, environmental health rating restaurants. Um, there will be those that don't receive that higher rating. They may need to go back and be revisited. They may get their licence granted for a shorter length of time in order that we, you know, recoup our fees and this doesn't cost the council any money. Um, as I say, Appendix A sets out the fees and uh, I'd like to propose that those are adopted.
0: Thank you. Do I have a seconder, Councillor Ranger? Um, Paragraph 16 that you pointed out suggests, if I'm reading this correctly, that we have eight dog breeders in Battlesford?
1: Yep, that could be a home dog breeder.
0: I am sure we have more than that. (laughs) Um, I I happen to uh, An anecdotal story, uh, if she's listening, uh, I'll refer to her. But my daughter is in the process of getting a dog and although it's um, through a recognised breeder and a kennel club breeder, it is at home. And if you go online, there's a lot of these people. Some are more reputable than others. So how, how do we capture, because the important point is that we're capturing the ones that are less reputable than others. The, the whole purpose of this licensing regime is to bring it all up in the open and make
7: sure that people don't purchase from non-licensed breeders and DEFRA have been very careful in respect of how they crafted this piece of legislation with lots of guidance that goes with it uh, and the test is for dog breeders for anything that uh, I think it's three or more and if they generate an income of uh, over £1,000 I understand so it's going to capture a lot of hobby breeders. Whether it's intended to, I'm not so sure, but that's what it is going to be. And I think you'll probably find that most people are aware of these changes that are coming in. Certainly people who uh, are linked in with the trade are aware of this, because it's been a long time coming.
1: Oh, Chairman, you'll see that on paragraph 13, it does reduce from five to three um, the number of litters that you can breed in a 12-month period or an income of £1,000 before you have to be registered. So mm. it is trying to capture some of that, because, actually, um, five litters a year is a lot of litters, yeah, and we are trying to make sure that, you know, wherever we're buying a dog from, or a cat from, or anything else is, mm. you know, a good home.
0: I mean, I mean this, this, this paper is about fees, but presumably it's also about welfare? Yeah. Yeah, I've structured it so it gives you an introduction yeah. to the whole change of the licensing regime, yeah. yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what initiatives can we take? Because, I, on the assumption that eight is not the full amount, uh, what work can we do to uh, check that out? I mean, there's a lot of activity goes on advertisement, Facebook, and all the rest of it. So, whether it's worth following yeah. some of that up? Yes, yeah, certainly. We've got this, this,
7: unfortunately, the way it's geared at the minute is that we've got this influx of applications that are coming in as a result from these changes we've also got the legacy of our old uh, established businesses who are now applying and have to be licensed through this new regime. We are aware of a number of systems through Facebook and people advertising their animals and I think once we've settled with this level of work unfortunately one of our officers has just retired as well, it's not really helped but uh, once we've settled with respect to this book workload uh, we will be looking proactively on how to identify people through so- such measures such
0: as social media okay. yeah. and, and, and the lady who's just retired and the team have won I think for the third year in a row uh, the, the award so um, we have you know publicly we'll congratulate them we have congratulated them previously but uh, to, to, to the team it's an excellent piece of work yeah they'll appreciate that thank you yeah, thank you Okay, any other questions? No, you have had the recommendation. Uh, this is to adopt uh, to, rather than to recommend. So those in favour? Thank you. Carried unanimously. Item 13. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Marcus. Thank you. Um, item 13 is the Local Development Scheme. Councillor Barker. Thank
1: you, Chairman. Chairman, as you will recall at Council recently, Um, We agreed to go forward with an addendum of focused changes and we are going out to consultation on that. As a result of that and as a result of the LDS last being updated in February 2018, we now need to reset the timetable as it were to um, incorporate that additional consultation and that is what this paper seeks to do. that's, that's all it is, it's a project plan for the lo- local plan and uh, this incorporates the new consultation.
0: So um, <coughs> the recommendation that Cabinet adopt the revised LDS annexed to this report. Does it have a seconder? Uh, Councillor Ranger, any comments? nope. Then, as you say, uh, we've done this before, haven't we? We've updated it before, Um, and uh, it is part of the process. So, thank you for that. I think it's been well discussed at Council and at Cabinet previously, and at PPWG. So, uh, those in favour of that recommendation? Thank you, carried unanimously. Um, Moving on to item 14, uh, which is still Councillor Barker, the local heritage list.
1: I have a very varied selection tonight, don't I, Chairman? Local heritage list. I do apologise, you have eventually all as cabinet members been sent this late this afternoon. This will go onto the website if we approve this. Um, The local heritage list is something that um, has been put together by our officers. We have Mr. Tice in the room and the conservation officers who've now left the council have done a lot of work on this, so I thank them for that. Um, It's there, it has a number of properties contained within it, it gives them a little extra protection. Um, It is a first draft, it's not absolutely perfect. Um, Councillor Redfern referred to the fact that her house is in there as a 19th century house whereas bits of it are 15th century, so there's a little tweaking around the edges I feel. Um, It's not an exhaustive list, it can be updated. Um, A few items have come out of that because they're already covered by other protection or they've been changed and not deemed to be uh, suitable for adding to the list. Uh, the one comment I would make is we have had a cons- comment from Councillor Hargreaves who has asked whether we could make a small amendment to the list, which is to identify those assets on the local heritage list which are also covered by an Article 4 direction. Because Article. Sorry, I thought
2: we removed Article 4 to do this, didn't we?
1: I'll ask the officers for clarification. Yeah, I need
0: to clarify. We, Cabinet has considered the issue of Article 4 directions uh, for those assets which are listed in the local heritage list, but I don't have the details to hand at the moment.
1: Mr. Tyson has assured me there are some houses in this report in Newport which are covered both by an Article 4 direction and are on this list. Uh-huh.
0: Thank you, Mr. Tyson. We'll the expert. Coming to the microphone.
4: Uh, I I know that there has been um, uh, some discussion discussion on this. The the situation is that we um, currently have a number of um, of areas where there are Article 4s in, in place. On on properties, those uh, will be um, Newport, Great Chesterford, um, Stansted, Great Dunbar, etc. Those those were carried out out previous, previously, and I know there has been concern from from members, and perhaps a, a, a little clarification is needed. Those those are remaining in place at at, at, at the moment, and the the local heritage list is is identifying um, both those those properties and a wider range of properties. Some of which were identified in the recent round of conservation area appraisals, and some of which are beyond that, and uh, acknowledges their um, architectural, architectural merits and other considerations based on the criteria that were put, were put together. So when this list is, is published, it will acknowledge those, pro- those properties. This doesn't remove the Article 4. Um, controls that are are actually on properties at moment. A subsequent piece of work um, which was both noted as part of the local heritage list and as part of the conservation area appraisal process, would, would be that we may look at Article Article 4 directions for um, a wider range range of properties, and that would would actually be separate, it, and would it would include um, properties which uh, which. Subsequently, you might have Article 4s on that at the moment and, and would include include some, some, some others. I think, th- does that sort of provide... <coughs> that,
0: that, that, that's helpful. Yes. I think Mr Pugh wishes to make oh, a comment. No, 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 no. I was commenting earlier before um, b- b- before you, you, you helpfully explained things, that so that was my recollection as well. OK, excellent. Thank you, Mr Tice, as a Sir. Spot on is the term. Um, having said that, for members of the public, we do now have three potential um, conservation appraisals, uh, local heritage lists, and some Article 4 areas. So uh, I just wonder how we can help uh, members of the public, particularly those who are owners of of property in one of those three categories, uh, what it means and which category they're in. So um, I'd like to go back and... The local heritage list, as proposed tonight, is very clear and um, we've read it and we've looked at at the detail, but in terms of how it sits alongside the the other areas of, let's call it, historic interest, including the conservation uh, areas and the Article 4. And if you wish to comment on that...
4: Yes, I mean I, pre- I appreciate. Obviously, this is this is quite complex for for members of the public who who may find that their properties uh, have an Article 4 on, or in their local heritage list, or in a conservation area. Uh, I mean that's the, the same with I suppose any other other constraints that may exist on on a on a property. So a property may may be, be listed in a conservation area, or it, or it may may be in a flood zone in a conservation area. Uh, I'd say that. Um, one of the things that we we do on our local heritage list page uh, at the moment is to to note that this is a a draft document. Uh, If if approved tonight, I will put it on the website as as an approved document. But first of all, I point um, members of the public to our our mapping systems, and particularly our constraints mapping, where they can actually turn on, on layers to show the different different features and different controls now um, you'll note that the report that you're considering tonight uh, indicates that the um, properties on the list have been added to one of our mapping layers so you can go in and you can click uh, click in to show, show that so you can see whether your property is within the conservation area or it's, it's, uh, it's on the local heritage list, you can see for example if there's a TPO nearby and I'm would say for any member of the public, um, asking themselves, they can do that themselves on our website, or of course, if they don't have access to, to the website, they are welcome, welcome to call us and, uh, and uh, a member of staff can, can look that up for them.
1: Okay, Chairman, I, I think what we actually need is almost, I think what you're getting at, is a glossary to the layer. So what does it mean, because you're on this list?
0: Yeah, this... Uh, Mr. Titus just very helpfully uh, covered most of that, but yes. that is exactly what I mean. Uh, and as the man in charge of the website, I think if we can take <laughs> people through what these various categories mean and what it means to your property. uh, I think that would be very helpful and then as you say they can then find out which category. It's ironic that uh, Councillor Redfern uh, uh, and I, um, we don't live in the same house, but in different houses on either side of the road, uh, one of which is in very similar period, parts of both our homes, uh, one's in one list, one's in the other and you know there are implications for one and other implications for the other. And I think it's just very helpful that uh, we make it crystal clear to everybody.
4: Okay. Yes, yeah, so we can certainly do that. And um, to possibly to help with that a bit, I have very recently added some, some FAQs to the to the district council's new website to provide some extra detail about um, the local heritage list, what it means to be a list of buildings and things like that. We can sort of certainly sort of um, push those more more to the more to the fore. And and those were actually written by by Ang harrod Hart, who put the put the list together for us.
0: Councillor Howell, I think you wish to say something. I, I just wish to
3: comment and commend this report. I've read it with great interest. I can't confess that I've read it cover to cover, but I have dipped in and, in and out of it. and I've, I've read it and found it very interesting. Uh, one of our corporate objectives, of course, is to protect and enhance our heritage and the character of our heritage. And I think that the Local Heritage List is an excellent initiative, something that helps us to do that. It's an extra layer um, Of understanding of the the heritage of our community. Um, I think it will help house owners, householders, to understand the value of the properties they they live in. I'm sure that many of them really do appreciate the the character and importance of the properties they do live in. I note under four, though, that this does not represent an exhaustive district wide survey, but it's the first edition. Um, And I really commend the idea that this should become a rolling document. And be updated periodically. Um, <clears throat> I'm aware of a number of properties, not least thatch properties in my ward, that are not listed in any of the categories that you've referred to. There may be four categories, but we still have six, six, 16th, 17th century thatch properties in, in Uttlesford that are neither listed um, on the local heritage list within a conservation area or and as of Schedule 4, and I think we need to try and capture those as well. So I'm very pleased that we're delegating authority to the Asset Security Value Committee, um, and I look forward to them working with officers to try and make sure that we cover those that appear still, I think, to be not covered off under one of the four categories. Thank you.
0: So several actions have come out of this in terms of uh, clarity, explanation of what we put on the website and uh, a number of outstanding properties and what happens next, Councillor Redfern.
2: Um, As we often talk about Uttersford being the, the district that has the second highest number of listed buildings only to Westminster, I think maybe there should be some sort of publicity about this because um, I know people can go to the website and that's absolutely fine if it happens to be one of your properties but I think there is quite a lot of interest as um, Councillor Howler said, you know, protecting our heritage is an important part of what we do and I think it would be a really good idea to put some publicity out about what we are doing and why we're doing and what... You know, I don't. I mean, I know that we're the, we've got the second highest number of listed buildings, but how many people outside of us in the council know that? And I think there's such a lot of good work that goes on in Uttoxeter. To you know, all the different things we've got, like the um, I can't remember what it's called now, Bruce, but the uh, documents we all had done. Chesterford was the first um, one. Those called...
4: Cons- the Conservation Area Appraisal, appraisal. Yes, that, that, that it, ran sorry. between 2007 yeah. and 2015, and,
2: yes. And I think there's such a lot of work on those things. And I think, is, I think we, people are genuinely interested in that sort of thing, but they mm. wouldn't even know that we've done it because we say we put it on our website or it comes to a meeting like this. Um, maybe we should be make, getting our... Um, media team to do something more yeah. about that because they're actually really yeah. interesting stories that aren't miserable and we do get a lot of um, moaning <laughs> so this will be good I think
0: No I think that's an excellent suggestion and uh, hopefully Alistair you can capture that as an action uh, did you want to come back? No uh, So I think that's about four actions now. So Councillor Ranger
5: yes, Thank you Chairman, it's, um, I would echo the sentiment expressed by mm-hmm.
0: Councillor Hale it's an excellent <coughs> piece of
5: work uh, Mr Tyson, thank you very much for that um, one small point I could like to draw to your attention on page 47, uh, I got the email today by the way, um, but I can't download the attachment on the iPad, so I did it on my laptop at home but I wasn't prepared to print it all off, um, my wife wanted the ink. Um, so it's just on page 47 on the Great dunmo section, the clock house, which is a listed building so not uh, illustrated. there. Okay. But the um, the, bit, the outbuildings referred to at the rear, um, and I don't I can't remember the number that was attached to it, but they, it just says they are converted outbuildings. But they were um, stables, um, and we assume, or we we think, they were related to the clockhouse as part of that estate. So, just wondered if that could be corrected. Okay, yes. Thank you very much.
0: Good, Okay. thanks very much. So the recommendation, just to repeat it, uh, points 5 and 6, that Cabinet approves the first edition of the Local Heritage List at Appendix 3, emphasis there the first edition, Um, that Cabinet, point 6, that Cabinet delegates authority to the Assets of Community Value Committee to determine the inclusion or deletion of buildings from the Local Heritage List, redesignating the Committee as the Assets of Community Value and Local Heritage List Committee. All those in favour? Thank you very much. That is unanimous. Thanks very much, Mr Tice. That's uh, very helpful. Um, Clay Pits Plantation, Councillor Howell, item 15.
3: this is a piece of land that i'm quite familiar with my children used to ride their bicycles on it it's a great deal and i've spent many evenings going back dragging them home late in the evening to go to bed um clay pits there's a picture of where it is located on page 197 uh, appendix a it's next to herbert's farm in saffron Malden, and it's known locally as hilly bumps it's a mix of woodland walk uh, and it has for many years been, or a number of years, been, been a BMX, had a BMX jumps track on it. Um, and I remember as a councillor in 2010 when a proposal first came to, to this council that a group be set up to, to operate it. And they have done so very successfully for a number of years, but it has fallen into abeyance. There have been a Period, there's been a period now where the group had not been able to maintain it and undertake the necessary uh, ROSPA checks um, and I probably ought to point out at the outset that the missing word at the beginning of paragraph 4 on page 194 is Uttlesford and that's absolutely critical because it says Uttlesford undertook to maintain the wooded area uh, that we're talking about here and it is our responsibility um, so there is a, a number of proposals in front of us um, to consider, and there is a recommendation that we approve the allocation of the site, of the site as a forest school and we Provide the appropriate delegates, delegations to the uh, Director of Finance and Corporate Services to authorise uh, the necessary arrangements, uh, requirements, and arrangements with the users. There is a one-off financial implication of two to five thousand pounds that will be met from existing groups. Um, paragraph eight on page 195 sets out the three alternative proposals in front of us. Um, That A group of riders uh, have put themselves forward as possibly being able to maintain the site as a BMX track. Catherine Seymour, Infants and Junior School, working also with RAB uh, and Sir Thomas Moore, as as well as the Bell Nursery and the Meadow Nursery, are proposing that it should go forward as a woodland area. Uh, a safe environment for the children to learn and understand about the countryside. Uh, there's a proposal from saffron Molden Town Council, S- saffron Molden Town Council's green infrastructure team, that it should be managed as a woodland natural green space. Um, The proposal, if we do go ahead with with Proposal 2 and the uh, proposal of a a forest school, would still require us that there to be pedestrian access and there would be a footpath through the middle of it. Uh, The three proposals are set out in Appendix 3, Appendix 4 and Appendix 5, but the recommendation in front of us tonight, as I say, is to approve the allocation of the site as a forest school and I'm happy to make that recommendation.
0: Thank you. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Ranger, thank you. Councillor Parker.
1: Um, what sort of arrangement are we looking for? Are we looking for a lease? Are we looking for a lease for a period of time? Um, just be interested to know. I mean, we presumably have quite a lot of years left on our 50 year lease with the ordained estate, and it's our responsibility, but um, we did have a premium agreement with BMX5 because that has fallen apart. You know, we're going to do remediation. Well, if no school goes and visits, um, I hope they do, because, you know, it could be a nice place, but I'd just be interested in what sort of agreement we're looking to
6: enter uh, into. If I can, I'll, I'll take that one. It, they're looking at a licence to use at the moment, so we've got to, to finalise that with them. But um, I, myself and a couple of colleagues met with the, some of the schools today up at the site to agree exactly what they want. They are incredibly keen there will be over a 1,000 children who will make use of that facility. At the moment, all of the schools actually bus children out of the town to go to a couple of forest options. So they are really keen about this and they want to get up and running in the next couple of weeks.
0: So that very much uh, supports the Green Agenda in terms of... uh, reducing carbon emissions, so I think that's uh, an important point, and I think uh, goes some way to the Saffron Warden Town Council, particularly as it is open to the members of the public uh, requirement as well. Okay, I've got a, uh, we've had the recommendation read out, I've had a seconder. Um, if there are no other questions, those in favour of that recommendation? That also is carried unanimously, thank you. So item 16 is the corporate plan uh, <coughs> delivery plan quarter 2 update. And um, we obviously look at the corporate plan on a fairly regular basis. We set it in the first place, and it was agreed by Council at its meeting on the 22nd of February. Uh, and the delivery plan was agreed by Cabinet on the 4th of April. We've, we've had the quarter one update, um, and now uh, this is the quarter two update. So, uh, And the recommendation is to note the progress against the corporate plan. Uh, delivery plan which is attached at Appendix A. Just to remind you what our um, four priorities are to promote thriving, safe and healthy communities, protect and enhance heritage and character, support sustainable business growth and maintain a financially sound and effective council and it's it's encouraging, Um, I I mean the plan was uh, set out 2018 to 22, so you'd hope there's some consistency but it's encouraging that we have been able to maintain uh, those priorities um, and that uh, we are consistent around them. So in the report uh, is the list of um, the individual projects under um, (coughs) those four headings that I've just read out, um, the resources that they use, Uh, the outcomes of progress so far and clearly I won't go uh, through uh, all of those and I think it's fair to say that um, on something like this there isn't necessarily I mean there are obviously end dates in mind but uh, many of these uh, projects will continue uh, indefinitely because in terms of it's uh, it's the way that uh, we're behaving and and some of them around uh, uh, rough sleeping it will uh, you know, we'll always be mindful of dealing with that. But I'll just highlight three points. Um, Crucial Crew Incorporating Gangs Line has been delivered to over 800 uh, Year 6 pupils, which I think is a very important uh, uh, bit of progress. It's a a huge concern, uh, the involvement of gangs and we know that they're knocking on our doors. Uh, Another one is the Homelessness Strategy and Housing Allocations Policy has been reviewed and updated to take account of new duties under the Homelessness Reduction Act Um, and we The Housing Options Team are fully trained in how to deliver the requirements of the new Act. I think that is a very important step forward. And and, uh, finally, and it was opened uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Council's Housing Development Programme continues to progress well and uh, the opening of Reynolds Court, which is absolutely first class facility, uh, illustrates that point. Uh, As I say, um, uh, there there, there are details against uh, every one of our uh, programmes, but we are making progress. Um, we keep a sharp focus on this so i so recommend do i have a seconder councillor redfern do i have any questions those in favour thank you very much indeed so that takes us to item 17 car parking ticket machine procurement and christmas parking proposals councillor riles
8: Good evening, Chairman. Um, this, covers, this particular report covers two uh, parts, fundamental parts. It's the looking at the ticket machines and how in the various car parts to see if they can, should, well, when they should be replaced. Um, we're starting a procurement uh, process um, which should be completed by May next year. And it's also looking at the Christmas parking promotion. Now, um, the machines that we have at the moment are unfortunately regularly. Uh, um and uh, the, uh, they are not giving us the sort of data that we would need as a council to work out where the profitable times are, if that's the right word to use, or where the, where the best use of the um, car park is, so we can uh, think of planning um, expansion of car parks or um, uh, other options. Um, and also when we look at the, the car parking promotion at Christmas, again we don't have any reliable data that says um, how much it actually costs us as a council um, and also monitors the the, the footfall. And in fact when you look at the report you see we have got contradictory um, information from the town team that is saying that they don't think the Christmas promotion increases the footfall, yet the town council reckon it does increase the footfall. So we really need to um, spend a bit of money uh, on these machines so we can get some accurate data. Um, the cost of the uh, estimated cost is around 92,000, which has been in the budget for a little while for replacement of the machines. Um, and then the cost of the uh, car parking promotion is estimated at 21,000. So I, I think this is a, a no brainer, we need to do something about this. Um, and then we'll have some firm figures to work out exactly how much this promotion costs at Christmas. So my recommendation is to continue with the procurement um, and also uh, the proposal for the Christmas Parking promotion. Um, that's my the report and so I recommend its approval.
0: Do I have a seconder? Yeah.
8: Councillor Redfern, thank you
0: very much. Do you wish to talk? Yep, Councillor Redfern.
2: Um, I'd just like to make a, a couple of comments if I may. I'm actually a member of the town team. I represent Uttlesford on there. Yeah. Zaffron Walden town yeah. team the one that made the comment in this document. Um, and I was a bit surprised to um, read that the town team had said that they, um, they didn't, see the benef- or didn't see the benefits of the free parking, because that, I'm not sure. I think there's been some breakdown in communication here, because that isn't actually what the town team think. I think the only thing they thought was it would be great to have the data to be able to see whether that's the best way of using the money, but certainly we are aware that people do like the fact that they can carry on shopping um, on those afternoons when it free from three. Um, So just on behalf of the town team, I'd like to say that. But um, the other thing that I think I've mentioned before is that we've got this... um, We've previously approved a capital budget of 92000 And whilst um, I'm looking at Simon at the moment, but whilst I know 92000 is quite a lot of money, I would really like to be reassured that actually that if we need to spend more than that, that we are prepared to do that just to make sure that we get that we future-proof what we're doing. I know we don't need to do everything in every car park, but I don't want to find that we go, well, you know, it, we might find something that's 60,000, or it might be, you know, 120,000. I don't know, but I think we need to have the right machines and not be restricted by a t- too tight a budget. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, Councillor Ryles answer that first, and then Councillor Howell.
8: <laughs> I agree if with Councillor.
3: If you Council- give the right answer,
8: I will. <laughs> we shall see, um, Councillor Redfern. I acknowledge what you're saying. Uh, I think 92,000 might be on the wrong side of how much it's going to cost. Uh, there are lots of ideas I have, and, and, and within our team, of how we can make these um, very, you know, up-to-date, modern, modern uh, machines. Give us the data all sorts of things like internet connected, so given us live data, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, but I won't bore you with all the detail now. Um, 92,000, I think, is ambitious, but I think this, is a, this would be an area with money are well spent and a demonstrable, if that's the right pronunciation, um, return on the investments on these machines.
2: Well, I also think that there is some budget left in the economic development, so maybe we should be looking at whether that's suitable for it.
8: Uh, I'd like to be able to say that's the case. Unfortunately, Councillor Redfield, that has been earmarked for other things, um, as we well know. Thank you. Councillor Howell, um,
3: I much prefer conversations like this to be held in a slightly different venue. Um, the, the There is merit in in us investing in new machines on our car parts. We all recognise the need to have machines there that give us data that we can analyse and allow us to to weigh up the benefits of what we do, the usage, the periods of time where it's most effectively used and and properly utilised. It's money that will be well spent and we also need to routinely invest in the facilities across the district and this is an important area of investment. I'm well aware that if you give somebody twice the budget, they would probably have more bells and more whistles on, on, on the, on, on the um, parking machines. They may not necessarily be what is required for smaller scale car parks car parks that are often only for one or used for one or two hours where we want a routine and regular flow through of visitors so we are, we are, it is important for us to be cutting our coat not only according to our cloth but also putting in place the machines that are appropriate for, for what they're required to do. So just going out and spending an awful lot of money on the most sophisticated and, and advanced parking machine um, may not be the right answer this is a i think a very helpful proposal in front of you that i think addresses the issues that are of most importance to us um, if it's clear that we cannot get what is required for 92,000, we will come back but i would not be comfortable with us adopting the approach that we we can always find a little bit of money somewhere else so we, we, we need to apply a little bit of discipline you don't mind me saying so as a finance member
0: so we're having a cabinet discussion in public which is fine that's good Uh, I I remind you that um, the date of implementation is May 2019 we will actually be in a new financial year at that point Uh, so you might want to bear that one in mind Um, and I think we absolutely take note but as Councillor Riles uh, started his, his, his presentation we're not just putting in kit to be able to monitor um, usage. We're putting in kit because the current kit is ageing and uh, breaking down and uh, not a good customer service to our car park users. As we renew it, we will renew it with 21st century kit that tells, gives us a lot more information than we had in the past.
8: Councillor Rouse, did you wish to say anything? No, just that I, I appreciate Councillor uh, Howes. Uh, understanding that we may have to come to him for possibly a little bit more money because we want to get the kit that is um, suitable for purposes. And rest assured that uh, having been invited by the car parking team to participate in their meetings, um, I will be taking a very close interest in this to make sure we do cut our comment. Life is
0: a balance. Absolutely. It's a balance between uh, getting good value for money and getting the uh, the kit that is fit for the next uh, five, ten years. So, um, just uh, in terms of uh, so the two I- two items, as you've indicated, the other is the Christmas. Parking, um, which is laid out uh, on page 225 of the report. And for those listening, it's broadly, as you've probably heard, um, the same as last year with free after three uh, from the 1st to the 24th of December and then free all day from the 25th to the 1st of January. Slight variations to some of the car parks, but uh, again the same as last year. So um, this uh, administration has felt, and we've heard some slight differing evidence, but hopefully we'll have... um, uh, very clear uh, uh, evidence next year uh, that uh, this, this is an important uh, contribution to the well-being of our high streets at what is uh, their, their busiest time, in fact the time that uh, determines whether they have a good or a less good year. So, unless there is any other comment, um, you have heard the recommendations. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Now that concludes the public part of the meeting, unless there's anything else that I consider to uh, be necessary to discuss. There isn't this evening. So uh, I now put uh, the recommendation and I need just the exact words from Mr. Pugh to ask members of the public and the press to leave the meeting at this stage so that we go into a part two session. Mr. Pugh, can you give me the precise words? Well, it's along the lines of uh, the Cabinet Resolves to exclude the present public from the uh, next item on the basis that uh, it involves discussion of exempt information within Schedule 12A of the Local Government Act um,
5: 1972, uh, specifically relating to the commercial interests of the Council.
0: Thank you very much. I think everybody heard that. Uh, I so propose that recommendation. Those in favour? Uh, that is carried unanimously. We now move into part two. Uh,
6: left.